Cinebuds is brought to you by Associated Bank and Pizza Man. Cinebuds, Cinebuds, two buddies talking about cinema. Hey, Hi. hello. Hey, uh... I am 89's Justin Barney. I'm Milwaukee Films' Christopher Pollard. And together, we're Cinebuds, baby! Today, we are talking about the movie Kajillionaire. After this person. And clear. Now. There's a camera there, there, and there. Kajillionaire is the new movie from Miranda July. She did Me, You, and Everyone We Know back in the day, which is a movie that I super, super loved. And she's also done The Future, which I haven't seen, but I think that you saw. It's great. I liked it, too. And she released this movie uh, last year. It is now on Amazon Prime. And the premise of the movie is that it is one very strange family played by Richard Jenkins, Deborah Winger, and Evan Rachel Wood. And they are kind of like grifters. You like know? low low level con artists. Low, very low level con artists. Yeah. Yes. Who are just like always looking to make a, a buck in literally any way that they can. And uh, they're just kind of like conning as they con. And uh, um, eventually they meet uh, Gina Rodriguez, who kind of like comes into the fold and uh, is kind of like a, a stabilizer in terms of like the movie. It was like this family is so odd that uh, she comes in, but she really like gives them space. And then it plays out in that like this is kind of like a family that's removed from society and like normality in every single way. And she kind of like comes in and and plays with like the family dynamic that is very strange in itself. The movie is weird. It's offbeat. Yeah. It is like each character is so different and so strange. And yet it has so much heart and it is about very real family dynamics and things that happen and occur in every single family. Uh, I talked about this last week because it was just like it's this is a movie that started in the what else we're watching segment. And it was just like so good that we decided to do a whole thing on it. Yeah. Um I'm already out as loving this movie. Uh, yes. Christopher, what did you think? 100%. Yes. Yeah, this is right up my alley. I mean, I love Miranda July's other two films. And at first yeah. I was like, oh, I wish you'd make more movies. And now I don't. And I say that because. Oh, I Christopher, think... you're across. This is like the weirdest, like conspiracy theory that you have well, yeah. that is like so pervasive that yeah. if a director gets too much money they will be ruined right. forever is it's that where true. we're going it's is true. that where we're going no, you know what close what i okay. will say is what i think what she does is genuinely just take her time yeah like she to, just uh, works on it until it's good because some people are like i gotta churn out one a year and most yeah. of it's garbage but it has to be in the business she has a lot of different stuff going on miranda july does a lot of things so yeah. I feel like the pacing that she puts out films has worked great because all three of her movies I have absolutely adored. And this is just like that. I mean, it is quirky. It, quirky sounds demeaning, but it's strange, but it's thoughtful. And it's actually, you know, it's a really interesting story on the surface. If you forget about all of the strange details, the story is solid, but it's those details that really make it so colorful and 
and then what ends up being the very lovely like yeah i get all the hype because i've had a couple few friends who are just like on and on about this movie and for some reason it fell through the cracks but i'm glad we finally watched it yeah me too you know the the story itself is a very good story and then it's it's the details that are so and the characters yeah the characters are so like so weird. determined like i'm set <laughs> like this this yeah. is who i am if you try to crack me that's going to be very difficult so well done everyone uh all right we're gonna talk more about it uh after the break we'll be right back support for cinebuds comes from your membership and associated bank proud supporter of milwaukee film and offering support year-round through milwaukee film checking more about Associated Bank's commitment to the Milwaukee community at AssociatedBank.com. Member FDIC. A donation comes in many forms. A sustaining membership, one-time gift, and even that vehicle you no longer use. Whether it's a car, truck, or boat, donating is a great way to support this station. Even if it's no longer running, your vehicle donation could be worth hundreds of dollars in support of the programming you enjoy. Get the process started today by visiting RadioMilwaukee.org slash cars. Okay, are you ready, Christopher? Yes, sir. All right, we are back talking about Kajillionaire. Um, we, you know, before we were talking about, like, kind of the large arc of this being very good. And, and let, you know, let's talk about that a bit. So this is, um, you know... There is this family. It's a mother, a father, and a daughter. And kind of their the whole their parenting style is that they don't. Their daughter is equal. <laughs> yeah. It's not that they don't. It's like, but it's like I one of I, I really like that. Like you can see where they're coming from as parents, where they're like, you know, I think at one point he said he's like, you know, I thought that you were in. Like we're we're all equal. Like we split everything equally. Yeah. We are all equals. And like, that's, that's the thing. We didn't want to treat you differently. And you can, you can understand that parenting style of being like, I don't want to treat you like a kid. And I feel like, you know, I resonated with that, like being treated very much as a kid my entire life and kind of always fighting my parents about treating me too much like a kid. And I've always been like, you know, treat me less like a kid and more like an equal. And this is like what happens when a family just treats you as an equal yeah, is like do. her kind of like whole fight is being like, treat me like a kid. Yeah. They I go, thought that was so brilliant. They go hard the other direction, yes. which is not good. That means that you never get affection. You never get called sweetheart. You become an adult by the time you're kids. So you don't have a childhood, that kind of thing. And, and I felt like there, there are so many movies about, what it is to be a family. And so often the narrative is the narrative of I'm being treated like a kid, treat me like an adult. And I, you know, I really can't think of a single movie where it is this dynamic of a kid wanting to be treated like a kid. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's more often the other way. It, I do think con artist movies have this dynamic. If it's like a con artist family, um, that seems there like are a few, familiar, well, how but I can't many movies recall. are there yeah. in con artist families? No, you're right. Like I know I've seen it. I can't pick one right now, but I'm like that general vibe that you're, that you're describing is familiar, but not yeah. in necessarily. I didn't get that from watching the film, but I also think that you bring up a great, uh, you know, idea there where it's like, you know, 
you could classify this as a con artist movie. You right. know, it, you know, it, it it's up there. Um, you know, that's what's it, happening in the film. A, that's what's happening in the film. Yeah, that but is like it's yeah. There's, it's like on the fringe. If that's a, if that's a category of film you like, this is on the fringe of that. I right. mean, it's if not, you like the not, sting, yeah, you yeah. may like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not always like. Do you like? Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is it is eccentric. Like this is a very eccentric. The details in this are her name. The um, Evan Rachel Wood plays oh the main God. character, and she is solid. She's so good. She has a deeper voice. She has a husky voice. She hates, can't be touched. Yeah, her name is Old Dolio, named after a a homeless man that they, her parents hoped to to get in his will. Who won the lottery. Who won the lottery and they hoped to get in his will by naming their child after him. And his name was Old Dolio. Didn't work. That's that a very was funny. That's a very funny detail. That is a very funny detail that I think <laughs> is just like so perfectly encapsulates this movie. It's just like that is this movie is like that just like repeated. Yeah. You know, and I it was just so wonderfully weird with like all of those little bits. I. 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 I have watched this over a week ago yeah. and I have been thinking about it intensely every single day. I just watched it this morning as, as we talked about, but I, I imagine that that um, that will be the case there. I don't want to list every fun detail in the movie. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to either, but I, I think like one of the, one of the, also one of the things I was thinking about this morning that I hadn't thought about before is um, how physical it is. The yeah. physical comedy in this movie is great. Yeah. The, their landlord has an, it, you see him like two or three times briefly, but he has such a funny detail about his character. Oh my the, the, the space that they live in an office, uh, office space, like an office, yeah. like with it, cubicles. And there's a whole bunch of hilarious details about that. It It's really packed with those kinds of things. And then the thing that elevates it is that within all these funny details and quirkiness, you have a genuine relationship that forms within it. And when you think it's going to go one way, it doesn't. And then it goes back. <laughs> and then that you have Gina Rodriguez's character who is not as eccentric as the family. Like she's the one that is, I mean, she's, but sees, but is like entertained by their. Yeah. She's intrigued and gets involved. There's something about them that she, who seems very normal or normal ish yeah. uh, gets involved with them, which creates all these strange dynamics really interesting and well done like that's a great element to introduce and i again without i'm not going to spoil anything but the ending it for me was so perfect me too the ending and it's really hard to nail that well with a movie this eccentric and it was it just worked for me it was like that made me feel like this movie (laughs) wrapped up properly and gina rodriguez's character is so perfect and I think, you know, and I was I was thinking about me, you, and everyone we know, too. And I was yeah. talking about it with a friend who I also, like, convinced to watch Kajillionaire. And then uh, we were talking about it. And uh, and uh, she had just watched me, you, and everyone we know, too. And was saying how it is, like, a great, like, empathetic movie. Where it's, like, these characters, you should not like them. They're doing things that... In other situations, you know, you'd be judging pretty hard. Yeah. And uh, 
but like the way that these characters are written with so much love and so much perspective and so much patience that you really do understand each character. And I really love Gina Rodriguez's character coming in and being so understanding of this dynamic and their like weirdness and really, really doing a great job of pulling on all of the strings and also like having the patience and letting them see things for themselves and helping them like kind of like all get there. Yeah. She is just like the key, the the tying factor of the entire thing. And I'm, it's really interesting because I am looking at her her past films. Did now? Does she have a? I, I have a feeling she was had a big TV like career as well. I don't know. I don't know if I, I like ever really seen her in anything that. before. Yeah, she was just, like, I have so good in this. The weird thing is that I know who she is. Like I'm familiar with who she is. When I saw her, I'm like, oh yeah, it's Gina Rodriguez. But I'm looking, and I have not seen her, as far as I can tell. And oh, no. she was in Annihilation. I did see her in Annihilation, uh, which was the Natalie Portman movie. Yeah, Alex Garland. So I did see yeah, her in that. Too. So that yeah. must be. But the the gist of the most of her films are not films that I would particularly be drawn to. No. It is really interesting to see her this movie in the rest of her career. A lot of voiceover stuff. You telling me um, you weren't a fan of Scoob? Yeah, I was not a fan of Scoob. I didn't check out Scoob. Sadly, I did. Oh well, we can talk about that. <laughs> That's perfect for our next segment. Boy, was that a rough. Um, but yeah, like I don't think I would have been familiar with her before this, and this is a definite interesting choice for her, and I'm very excited about it. Annihilation, I guess, is also a, a really cool choice for her. But I like, yeah, I'm impressed with her. And Evan Rachel Wood, I haven't seen in a while, and I know she's done some really great stuff before, but it, this was nice. Oh, also, this is really important for me to mention. It was 40 minutes into this film before I realized that that was Deborah Winger. <laughs> it, honestly, she was unrecognizable to me until they finally did sort of a close up. And I'm like, wait a minute. Wait so, a second. I mean, that says something. That's very impressive. That's very yeah. impressive as well. Because she has kind of a distinctive voice, I think. And I yeah. was, she, she became another person. So that was great. Yeah. I think I don't want to go like too much into it because it is the like surprising details are what makes it so. Yeah, I know. I find myself, I'm desperate to talk about those details because they're so great, but yeah, I I really do think everyone should check it out. Um, Happy to have a conversation with you individually. Um, (laughs) I will say about her other movies, me, you and everyone we know and the future uh, are so they're very similar. I think I do think this one maybe even is maybe more accessible than the other two maybe but it i mean even i think that definitely the like i think the you know the heist aspect it like had more you know kind of like more plot going on there yeah the future is i think maybe one of the oddest ones oh man i gotta watch it yeah it's good but it doesn't it's not i feel like the fact that me you and everyone we know is grounded in this relationship with these kids in the sky and then this one is grounded i do think she excels at that the future is really good but for um slightly different reason like they're i think they're all it's consistent her style is consistent the future maybe has less of that grounding than the other two but Mm -hmm. i don't think it suffers from that i just think it is a different animal altogether that's my opinion that's my 
humble opinion. I-M-H-O, as they say. And I just like Miranda July. Like, I follow <laughs> her on all the all the platforms and everything. And yeah. she's just great. I will highly recommend her books. She has a book of short stories, and she has a novel called My First Bad Man, I believe that's what it's called. Um, fantastic. Fantastic. Okay, Kajillionaire. It is on HBO Max, and uh, uh, you should all watch it because for sure, it's so incredibly good. It is a nice change from a lot of the fare that's out there you right know, now. I, I listened to the New Yorker Radio Hour, and they had uh, every year they have their movie critic does like they do the Oscar list, and then he they do like his list. Yeah, and his list is always. Oh yeah. You know, always like better than the Oscars. <laughs> yeah. That's and a low it, bar. And it's a low bar. And he had Kajillionaire as his number one movie of the year. And so I came in with the burden of knowing that this was like the New Yorker's number one movie of the year. Yeah. And I came out and being like, yo, that guy was right. Yeah. It was just <laughs> as good as he said it was. <laughs> That's understandable. Had I seen it, uh, my list would be very different. I think yeah, for okay. sure. Okay. Um, uh, you want to get into what else we have been watching? What else you've been watching? Christopher Ballard. I will say I've been suffering because I've been really busy and I went on vacation. I have not seen a whole lot. Okay. I've watched, so I've like rewatched some old stuff. I think I watched, um, <laughs> oh, I watched Frog the, Town again or whatever. No, I wish. I wish. <laughs> I watched you keep Mal- on watching frog people. <laughs> yeah, I know. Anything frog based. I watched Maleficent. Okay, interesting. And here's the choice. best. Let me Why? tell you where the best place to watch Maleficent is. In your parents' basement. Oh my god. Because they have cable. And when I realized something, when I'm looking very specifically, I, I've never had cable on my own in my life. Suggest watching suggested watching in your parents' basement. Yeah. I suggest watching in my parents' basement. Oh. And like everyone go, they'd be happy to have you, Jim and Joanne Pollard. And um the seeing a movie (laughs) on cable you're flipping through, I wouldn't there's like movies I would never watch, but because they're on cable and they're like about to start. I'm that like, is... oh, I'll just put this on because this is this is a movie <laughs> I've seen. I watched Maleficent. I did not and... care for that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really care for it. It was fine. I mean, um, that is the whole. That is cable. It's just there's something about apt- absent-minded cable watching. Well, that's why my mom won't do apps. She will not do. Yeah, my... she won't do like any of the stuff. And she was like, "That's just too much work. I just don't want to." I don't want to think get about it. it. I'd rather watch. She was like, I'd rather watch 90 Day Fiance for literally oh, the fourth time I need in the week. Ha- I need to have a meeting with your mom. Um, that makes me makes me really upset. <laughs> <laughs> but the same, I was trying while I was there, I had write out instructions on how my mom can access Netflix. It is incredibly easy. But, you know, they're older. They've never, yeah, they've never had to do My mom it. was like, I'm not going to use it. She was like, these are useless. She was like, I'm not, you can tell me how to use it. I'm just not going no, to. No, I get it. Like, then I was like, I got it on Netflix for her and we were going through it. And I'm like, I will say, mom, this is the hardest part. It's just picking right. something. Yeah. Like waiting through all this garbage to try to find something you might be interested in. So 
you know, let Maleficent play. Why not? That's what's on. <laughs> it was an interesting flashback to how it used to be. Um, other than that, uh, I am still reading the Saturday Night Live book, Live from New York. Yeah. And I'm fascinated and I'm looking up sketches as they talk about them in the book, just hearing all the drama. It's a really good book. Did you drive to St. Louis or did you fly? I drove. You drove? Yeah. What did you listen to? Oh, we did listen to a lot of podcasts. We listened to Freedom. Freedom is uh, three comedians who constantly talk over each other. And at first I hated it and now I think it's brilliant. And we listened to How Did This Get Made? And then... Uh, uh, we also listened to my favorite murder, which is Nicole's, I think maybe favorite podcast, but I'm, I'm not a huge fan. Yeah. So we listened to a little bit of that. Did you ever listen to, um, my favorite podcast is heavyweight. Oh, I don't know that. Jonathan Goldstein used to be a, this American life contributor had his own show for a very long time. That was like bits of like fiction that he made up. And then he does this one where he just like talks to people and they have like something happened in their past and he will like, you know, reconnect them to the person like this. There was a short yesterday and it was this woman who like she went to hospital when she was a teenager and she wanted birth control and this nurse like helped her helped her out. And uh, she like he needed it to not be on her dad's credit card. And she and, and this woman like recognized that and like called Planned Parenthood and like made these or like arrangements for her and she just like wanted to like call and thank her and they it like happened like 10 years ago and they find her and they talk to her and it's just like I'm crying yeah I was gonna (laughs) say that's a weeper that's and and it's like and a lot of them are like kind of like emotional like that but the best thing is like Jonathan Gold Goldstein is hilarious yeah and the whole like beat of the podcast is just jokes and he is like he is just so funny but then he's like dealing with these issues that are really heavy and so like at times at times it's a real weeper and at times it's like it is it's like in every episode you will cry but in every episode also like you're gonna laugh way more than you cry and it's like such a great balance Oh, so that good, sounds man. like a good one. I'll have to check that one out. Yeah. But in what else I've been watching, um, uh, I wanted to talk about a book. What else I've been reading? Yeah, please do. Um, so I am going to Portland yeah. to, with my buddy who was like, he uh, loves Anthony Bourdain and he knows that I do too. Oh, right, right. And so he was like, do you want to go and do let's let's watch an episode of Bourdain and then we'll go to a city and do all the stuff that Bourdain did in that city in the, oh. the you know, the month that he passed away to kind of like, you know, have a little poetic moment. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and so we're going to Portland and uh, in the Pacific Northeast. And, uh, and so in preparation for that, I've been reading Anthony Bourdain's medium raw. Yeah. Have you, have you read it? No. So, Kitchen Confidential is the book that Anthony Bourdain is known for. And if you have never read Anthony Bourdain, that's the one you should start with. I mean, right. it's, you know, it is, it's the best for a reason and it's the mainstay for a reason. Um, he also wrote, I have also read The Nasty Bits, which is like a, a compilation of writings. And that was great too. Uh, uh, but it's, it's, it's a compilation. And this is, this is like, 
think it's like 10 or 15 years after Kitchen Confidential, and it is uh, him writing about his life. And it is so incredibly good. I'm like so surprised that I hadn't, that people don't talk about it in the way that they talk about Kitchen Confidential. You know, like it's kind of like, it seemingly Kitchen Confidential is the only book that he ever wrote, but he did write other ones, including this one, and it is excellent. Uh, it's like it's a it's a lot more like introspective about his life. And he is really like aware of his identity and he is aware of like the beats. He's aware of like what he's known for. And he kind of like pushes back against that and plays with that and, and you know, sometimes leans into it. But also like, you know, tells really great stories about traveling and food and uh and life in the kitchen and how it's changed for him since he has become famous and kind of like grappling with himself as like a sellout and as being the kind of like famous snooty person that he's always made fun of his entire life. And it's really freaking good. And I really love it. Well, that sounds great. I love, yeah, yeah I, I, I'm a fan. So it'll be really interesting to hear uh, how your trip goes. Yeah. And I've been to Portland a couple of times. I do know the food is incredible. There is, I don't remember the name of it. It's called Miss something or Mrs. Something. And it's a Southern or soul food restaurant that's on one of the main streets there. So I'm sure you'll be able to find it based on Miss something. Uh, But I had an amazing food there. That was really good. Um, And then there were two, I believe, Korean Mexican fusion food trucks that I ate from. And uh, both of those were, I had a kimchi burrito, not a kimchi burrito. Yeah, kimchi, no, not a kimchi burrito. It was like a bulgogi burrito? Bulgogi burrito. I had one of those in Madison and I, and it wasn't great. And I was like, I had it and I was like, oh, the potential of this food item. (laughs) I was like, this, if this was done well, this could be the best thing I've ever eaten. Exactly. So seek those out. Um, They have amazing food trucks there, but... It's been a while since I've been there. Um, I do think Voodoo Donuts is overrated, but it's a fun place to go to. I think so too. And uh, I, you know, in the in the episode, it was like before. You know, now I, I've been to Voodoo Donuts in Austin, Texas. Okay, you know? yeah. And it's like not. Uh, <laughs> you know, it is. It's definitely been like commercialized. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, it's a it's a nice city. It's a beautiful city. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> that is that is Cinnabuds talking about Kajillion Air. Um, uh, Cinebuzz is edited by DJ Kenny Perez. Yay! We get handcrafted sonic inspiration from the License Lab. Oh! Our theme song is from walking musician and author, and Brent Newski. The Newsk, Professor Newsk. We also uh, get support from Associated Bank and Pizza Man. Much appreciated. And we also get support from our members from 89 Ray Milwaukee and Milwaukee Film. They're the smartest and most physically attractive. And thank you, the one and only. We couldn't do this podcast without them. Some people some people think that we could, but really? I I tell them, no. No, I, I know we could, but we can't. We shouldn't, you know, uh, without person? Christopher Pollard. Wait, that's, that's my name. Is that's this? You. Ooh, is you. this my dad? Oh, no, it's you. That's right. It makes sense because this isn't Christopher. <laughs> oh, well, that's a surprise. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>